the wisdom writer says in the book of Ecclesiastes 3, there is a season and a time for everything under heaven. And I will submit to you this morning that we, as God's people, there is a reason for everything that we do under heaven. Now the reason may be good. The reason may be not so good. The reasons might include God's will and sometimes it might be good, but it might not be the best of God's will for us. There's a reason, there is a motive for everything that we do. Regardless of if we accept it or not. So I thought about our worship service here. We start our worship service every Sunday morning at 10.17 a.m. Do you know why 10.17 and not 10.15 or 10.20 or 10.30? Do you know? Hmm? Oh, okay. Yeah, good, but not the reason why the Lord impressed upon my heart 10.17. It came from Romans 10.17, actually. For we walk by faith, right? And faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes from the word of God. So, I spent a lot of time with the Lord when we were considering um, times of worship. And so many people have said, why 1017? And my response is always the word of God. That faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when we gather together to worship, starting at 1017, we are gathered in faith to hear the word of God, to hear the messages that God would have for us at the beginning of this week so that we could reflect upon it and then we can go out into this week and, and truly seek to live the message that we are hearing from Jesus, the author of the messages in the gospel. And then to be able to share that with someone else so that they may know the faith in which we live is a living faith. It's a true faith that is rooted in the word of God. And we truly seek to live that word expressing God in us through faith day by day. Challenging? Yes. Because sometimes it means that we have to carefully look at the reasons, the motives for why we do the things we do as people of faith. And I believe in the scripture readings for today, God is 
having to help God's people to look carefully at their reasons for doing the things that they do and to decide if what they have done is in alignment with God's will and God's purposes for their lives. So today I want us to focus on the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14. There is a similar message in Jeremiah, there is a similar message in Hebrews, but the Gospel is the Gospel of Jesus. And Jesus is teaching the people that are in his midst a very important spiritual truth. And that truth is timeless, that truth is something that we have to receive and to reflect upon and then to ask ourselves with the Spirit of God, how are we similar to the characters in the message? How might we be different? How are we seeking to grow with these spiritual truths of Jesus in our lives? And then how are we sharing it with others so that others may experience the grace of God? So we hear Luke in his message about Jesus. He says it was a Sabbath day and Jesus was invited to a meal. You know, it's important for us to know the background of these texts because the Sabbath was a very important uh, faith expression for the Hebrew people about their relationship with God. The Sabbath usually started on Friday evening at sundown and concluded at Saturday on Saturday evening at sundown. And, and part of the ritual for the Sabbath observance was making sure that everything was prepared before sundown on Friday evening. They usually had three meals during the Sabbath observance. It started, the first meal was on Friday evening after sundown. One could say that was the big dinner or supper, whichever one you call it first. And then they had the Saturday morning meal. And then they had a light meal on Saturday afternoon after they finished their ritual prayer time during the Sabbath observances. So Luke tells us that Jesus was invited to a meal. We don't know which meal it was, but most scholars seem to think it probably was the Friday evening uh, meal because that tends to be the bigger meal and, you know, you invite family and friends and guests, you know, to, to celebrate the Sabbath. So all we know that it was a Sabbath day and Jesus was invited along with other prominent Pharisees and maybe family and guests. But Luke also tells us something interesting in that text. He says that they were watching Jesus carefully. So it begs the question, why was it necessary for them to watch Jesus so closely. 
what did Jesus do? His reputation had preceded him, so they they knew that, you know, he had healed on the Sabbath. They knew he had did so many other things contrary to their belief about the traditions of the law, the oral law, the written law. So they felt that they needed to watch Jesus carefully. They wanted to, to see and to hear if Jesus was going to do anything again, you know, to violate the Sabbath. For those of you who were here last Sunday, you remember we, we read the scripture where Jesus healed a woman who had been crippled for 18 years on the Sabbath and it created chaos and conflict in the synagogue. You know, we did not read the, the verses in Luke 14, but in, in that chapter, Jesus also healed a man on the Sabbath and he healed a man, you know, in the presence of the, the house, the host that invited him to come and have a meal. So they were watching Jesus closely. But Luke also tells us something. He says that Jesus was also watching them. You know? Do you know that as Christians, while we are watching people, people are watching us? They are watching us to see how we live this life that we say we are believers in Christ. They are watching to see if we talk the talk and if we walk the walk. Mm? And I guarantee you, because I know for myself, sometimes I find myself falling short. But I'm thankful for grace. And I'm thankful for the conviction that I can continue to say my heart's desire is to walk that walk with Jesus Christ according to his words, according to the principles of truth. And to allow Jesus to reign in my life so that when I say something, my actions will follow suit. So while they were watching Jesus, Jesus was watching them. And Jesus observed something about this host, the, 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 the leader, this prominent leader who is a Pharisee and who is, who claims to be so specific about carrying out the law that was given to the Hebrew people under Moses and then all the other interpretations, over 600 interpretations of that same law by human standards. So Jesus was watching them and Jesus observed that the guests who were invited, that they truly, you know, tried to get the best places uh, on the table, the head table, so to speak, in other words, they wanted to be close to the host because that position meant that maybe they had great status, great status in the community. It meant that they were important. It meant that they were somebody. So Jesus observed all of these things and then Jesus decided to teach. Jesus decided to say something that hopefully it will register not only in the mind, but deep down into their spirit. Jesus taught them about the right relationship that one needs to have with God and then with others. 
So Jesus told them, he says, don't be in a hurry. Don't work so hard, and I am paraphrasing all of these words, to get that place that you think is of honor that would be validated by human beings. But in other words, he says we have to humble ourselves. Take the, take the lowly position. And that message is something that we as Christians, we have to continuously strive for. To be humble in our spirit. To put others' needs before ours at times. To be humble enough to hear God's word and to say, God, help me to live according to your word. To be humble enough so that we could see what God sees. The homeless on the street. The poor person who is needing a hand up. Or maybe those who are hurting so badly that they don't know what resources are available and maybe we could help them. To humble ourselves in such a way as the scripture says. To be careful that we don't think too highly of ourselves, lest we shall fall. So Jesus spoke to the guests at this dinner, Sabbath dinner. But he also spoke to the host. And his message was something very important for the host to hear. And the message was simply this. When you have a meal or a dinner or a banquet, or you can put whatever you want to put in there, a wedding, a whatever, he says, just don't invite the people that you know. Don't invite the people who can, you know, do something in return for you. Don't just invite the people who can praise you and say, wow, you had a great party. Wow, your place was really nice. But Jesus offered something else. He says, when you have these kind of events, seek to invite those who cannot praise you. Those who may not have the best clothes to come to your event. Those who may not look as fine as you do. Those uh, who might be oppressed. Those who might not have hope in life and they need to be able to come and to realize that there is hope with God through God's people. In other words, humble yourself. And invite those who you don't know, maybe the stranger. In the passage of, you know, that we heard from Hebrews, we hear that um, entertain strangers. Because you never know. In entertaining strangers, you might be entertaining the angel of God. You might be entertaining God himself. And the church has a challenge. 
for us to humble ourselves as people of faith. And when I say the church, I am including myself. Because for the time that I have been walking with God, I understand the significance of humbling myself. And sometimes it's not so easy to do. It's not easy to do in my household. It's not easy to do in the life of the church. Because we are still human beings. Even though we have been saved by grace, there's this old nature of self that says, let's exalt ourselves. Let's, you know, let's say what I have done. Let me show you what I have done. And I am no different than you. Now maybe it's just me and not y'all that have to deal with that issue of humility. I will claim that. Maybe it's just me. So y'all have to pray extra hard for your pastor. Right? But I hear the word of God. And, and when I read this passage in the gospel, know this, that I get convicted with every message that I stand to deliver to you all. I have to be convicted first. This Holy Spirit is saying to me, child, where do you need to humble yourself? And then I have to say, ouch, God. I hear you, God. Forgive me, God. Help me not to make the same mistake. But not only that, help me to correct what is incorrect in me because I am not glorifying you the way you have called me to glorify you. And help me to do the actions with the right motives, which are always to glorify you, God, in my life. Every first Saturday, we here at St. Matthew's, we extend that invitation to the church membership and to our neighbors, strangers in the community, to come and share a meal with us. We call it the pancake breakfast. And I will tell you that my heart is troubled most times. And I'm talking to you all like a sister in Christ. My heart is troubled because I see the strangers. I see the guests that are broken in spirit. I see the guests that don't know where their next meal is coming from. I hear the stories of our guests that we invite. Uh, they just need a word from God. They need to be encouraged. They don't need to be judged because of the way they look. But they come with grateful hearts because they always express gratitude for this church and bless this church for what we do by making this meal available. But my heart is troubled because I would like to see more of my brothers and sisters, the family members of St. Matthew's, at that meal on a Saturday morning. It means that we understand that we have a great mission. 
that God has invited us into the salvation story of God that includes us and includes others. It means that we are willing to make this commitment one Saturday a month to come and sit with our guests, to humble ourselves, And to be able to say, to look somebody in the eye and say, you matter to me. That's why we are here as the church. But God knows us. God knows that we are growing in grace. And God knows that we will get there eventually. I hope that it is sooner rather than later. Yes, I know there are other ways that we serve God and there are other ways that we reach out to the community around us and beyond. But you know how they say, charity begins at home. So this is our spiritual home. This is our place of worship. This is a place where we fellowship And when we invite guests into our house, our spiritual house, we need to make sure we are humble ourselves. In a few minutes, the invitation will come from God, through Jesus, through the word of God, through me. The invitation to come to God's table, to Christ's table. Jesus invites us to come and receive, but not only to receive for our purposes, but to receive so that we can go into the world in this week and share the grace and love of God with the people that God put into our midst. It may be family members. It may be church members, it may be strangers, but we cannot share what we are not cultivating inside. We cannot share what we haven't received. And God has invited all of us and all of them out there in the world to come and to be in this intimate relationship with God where we know the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, the compassion of Christ. But not only to know it, to allow it to be the essence from which we operate, the motive for why we do the things that we do and then share it with as many people as possible for as long as we have the breath of God in our lives. You have been invited. Now how you receive that invitation and what you do with it is up to each of us. And God sees all things, knows all things, hears all things, and Christ believes in us.